patients need to be in full control of their own medical care rather than leaving everything to doctors and nurses. So said Dr. Sue Zeebland of Oxford University, speaking at a scientific meeting hosted by the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. Afterwards, she told me how this is already happening in some places, including the British National Health Service, the NHS. I think that the patient experience has become increasingly part of the evidence about healthcare. In recent NHS documents, the patient's experience has been positioned as the final arbiter of everything that the NHS does. Now, is that just political correctness, or is there a real benefit of having the patient as the bottom line, so to speak? Certainly part of it has been positioned as the necessity of having patient-led health care also ties into a political gender about patient responsibility for their own health, people self-caring with long-term chronic conditions so that they're less of a burden on health services. So there definitely is a cost containment aspect to this. But at the same time, um, particularly with the internet, People are sharing experiences and learning from each other's experiences. And if, if in traditional clinical services we're not taking account of patients' experiences, almost what we're doing can become irrelevant because people are on the internet sharing what's happening to them anyway. Right, so patients are at the centre of things now. What has in fact been happening recently? Well, there's been some really interesting work showing that these days, nearly everybody who's diagnosed with a health condition goes on the internet to look for information about it. I mean, even before they're diagnosed, trying to decide whether they should take their symptoms to the doctors. Now, clearly there are some people who don't have the internet, and some of the, the very elderly may not have the internet, but the chances are that one of their children or a relative or family member may well have internet access for them. So it's really a minority in the population now who don't have either direct or indirect access to information from, from the internet. So that's a radical change. And one of the things that we've discovered that people are looking for is not necessarily the same kind of information that they get from their doctors. To supplement the information from their doctors, they're looking for other people's experiences. And um, a big study in, in the States published last year, the Pew Internet Study, showed that now the majority of people who've got a long-term chronic health problem are going on the internet to look for other people's experiences. Now, I imagine that doctors and uh, healthcare professionals may be finding this a little bit challenging. What are the main points that you would like to get over to everybody, both the doctors and the healthcare providers and the patients? I think the first thing would be to recognise that using the internet for health information is now absolutely routine. The web is always there in any medical consultation, whether it's acknowledged or not. And patients are sometimes concerned that their doctors might think that they're behaving inappropriately if they go and look up their own conditions. They may not mention to their doctor they're doing this unless the doctor raises it. And I think health professionals who are aware of how much people are using the internet can really help by saying to people in the consultation, I imagine you may well want to go and look this up. And if you do, here are some websites I'd recommend. And please come back and discuss what you find with me, because that way it becomes possible to discuss the information in the consultation rather than patients using the internet to check up on what their doctors told them and perhaps drive a bit of a rift between the relationship. You have a service called Health Talk Online. Can you tell me about this? Um, yes, we're a group of researchers in the University of Oxford and we conduct 
qualitative interview-based studies with people about their experiences of different health conditions. And then we work with a charity called DIPEX, who own a website, Health Talk Online, where we publish the findings from these qualitative studies about what's important to patients with different health issues. We've covered over 70 different health conditions so far. Each one has about 40 interviews and a few hundred video and audio clips of people talking about their health, and it's very widely used. We're also very pleased that it's spawned collaborative projects in a number of other countries, Japan, Korea, a couple of European countries, Canada, Israel, who are all collecting their own local experiences for similar websites. So it's a fantastic international collaboration there. So patients and perhaps even doctors and healthcare professionals could go there for more knowledge. Exactly. It was originally, when we set it up 10 years ago in the UK, it was originally intended for patients, but we very quickly discovered that it was also being used in health policy to find out what are the issues which are important to patients and massively by people teaching health professionals to understand the patient's perspectives, the different ways that people talk about their health. Sue Zeebland of Oxford University talking with me at the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine after giving the Cochrane Lecture to the Society for Social Medicine annual meeting. For Audio News, I'm Peter Goodwin.